And I've definitely had that experience of my children being perceived as rude, which basically like take out a knife and stab me. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. And I definitely noticed there are completely different sets of manners in Texas and in New York. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. There's a way to be good in the world, and those are the manners that I think still matter and that we have to teach our kids. Hi, everybody. Welcome this week. Uh, We want to start off by thanking all of you who have reviewed the podcast on iTunes. It's uh, really helping us find new listeners. If you haven't had a chance, please go to our iTunes page and give us a review. If you're confused about how to do that, you can go to our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com, and there are really simple instructions to how to leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Really simple eight-part instructions, but I did. We do exactly. walk you. We do walk you through it. We know you're busy. So this week we want to talk about manners. I think first of all, what I want to talk about is do they still matter, and then sort of which matters, which manners, which manners matter, which, which manners matter. matter. So would you like to hear a little bit about the history of manners? Of course I would. Do you? Is know? there another option? Is my only <laughs> is my only option A? Yes, I would like to hear about the history of manners. I'm Can like I your, request a brief history of manners? I'm like your little kid, ready right, comes home from school. Would you <laughs> right. like to hear what happened on the play deck today? Okay, so in my mind, I'm screaming no, but I think that what I'm supposed to say out loud is yes. Okay, yes, I would like to hear an extremely um, an extremely encapsulated brief history of manners. Okay, so I mean, yeah, if you want to do a deep dive, there's a website called Etikopedia. <laughs> with one T instead of two. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that zero of our listeners are going to etikopedia.com. But it's God bless amazing. you. If you're, if you're into this stuff, God bless you. I'm, I'm into weird social customs. You actually might customs. be a person who would like spend time on edukopedia. Wait, what is it? I etikopedia? Love, it's etikopedia with one T because, you know, to confuse you. Um, but if, I mean, it has everything from cowboy etiquette to Japanese tea etiquette to... The difference between 16th and 17th century etiquette, and I wow. love that stuff. So I won't, I won't give you all <laughs> please, of it. Please, please don't. I beg you, on behalf of myself there. and our listeners. But the first recorded manners instruction is from ancient Egypt. There was a guy named Pahotep. You are sorry so if happy I'm mispronouncing right that. Sorry, Pahotep, if I'm mispronouncing that. And he wrote on papyrus some manners. And uh, it was around 2300 BC. And his, his sort of big things were don't gossip. It's a good one. And yeah, uh, don't stare at people. And uh, when, <laughs> a good one. When, you're, when you're arguing with somebody, let the other person finish talking and listen. Don't just interrupt. Oh, we need a little pio How about right, that? right about now. Might write this very minute. <laughs> exactly. So thank you. Um, so manners have been around forever, right? But sort of the, I don't know. Do you think we're getting ruder? Do you have a, do you have a sense that we're getting ruder as a I don't know. That seems like one of those things that people are constantly saying. Like suddenly we're all watching too many screens, driving our cars too much, uh, sitting around too much. Like, all right, maybe. But we are what we are. Maybe, maybe not. So there's a lot of stuff that's gone by the wayside, right? Like uh, 
snuff boxes, like how to use a snuff box. We don't really have to worry about that anymore. I would say, yes, snuff boxes have gone by the wayside. <laughs> what, is, what, what is a snuff box? It's like for sneezing? Finger bowls. It's, it's, it's like chewing tobacco. Like a lady would have a little box with her chewing tobacco in it, and there was a, like a right and wrong way to put in your dip. <laughs> yeah, in I think we can skip over <laughs> snuff boxes. And also the nosegay. We can snip, skip no over. No nosegay, no finger bowls. I mean, so really, there's not that much we have to worry about. <laughs> I'm remembering the time that I went with my best friend to a spa and she was I walked out and she was extremely happily snacking and complimenting the wonderful place that had these snacks available and they were of course the eye cucumbers that you were supposed to put on your eyes to reduce the bumminess <laughs> and she was she had eaten like an entire bowl of them, which I think were supposed to be the entire day's worth of supply for the spa guests. That's awesome. But did they call her out on it? No, we just no. They were like, "Ma'am, would you like some more cucumbers?" So that's exactly. that's sort of the his that's sort of really good manners, right? Is 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 according to Etiquipedia, really good manners is sort of about being kind to other people. So all right, so here here's here's what I think matters about manners, right? That there's good. there's a this woman Tamara Adler wrote this article called A Manners Manifesto for the New York Times two years ago. And she said that the way to sort of define what what doesn't really matter anymore from what still does is the the manners that help us to be good rather than to seem good. That there's sort of an old oh, fashioned notion. Yeah. There's an old fashioned notion of manners that's, well, I know what a finger bowl is for and you don't, which is about making us feel right. superior to other people. And class issues and sort of like, look at how upper class I am. I don't drink for my finger bowl. Right. And those sort of notions have fallen away as they should have. But there's a there's a way to be good in the world. And those are the manners that I think still matter and that we have to teach our kids. And right. I think that there, there's this author, Monroe Leaf, who died in the 70s and he wrote Ferdinand the Bull which is what most people know him for. But he also wrote these really sweetly old school books called How to Behave and Why and How to Speak and Why. And he talks in it about, he basically says to his young readers, do you live on a desert island? Maybe you do. And if you do, then you don't have to read this book. But for the rest of you who don't live on desert islands, you will someday meet people. And when you meet people, this is what you need to do. And then as the book goes on, some of it some of it is still very important. Like uh, you shake hands maybe is important, but then some maybe is less important. Like if you meet a lady, you have to take your hat off. We can talk about that. Do you think that's important? Well, I mean, one of the things I think that's interesting about manners for me right now is that my kids exist in these two different worlds. So I married a guy from Texas uh-huh. and I was raised in New York and we live in New York. And I definitely noticed there are completely different sets of manners in Texas and in New York. Especially and how they speak to grown-ups, for sure. How they right? speak to grown-ups, how they speak in general. Like, um, my, in my sister-in-law's family, kids reference their parents as sir and ma'am. And their so, parents? Yeah, their parents. Wow. So if you say, would you like another helping of dinner... The child says yes, and then if they say yes, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law will say yes, ma'am, and then the kids say yes, ma'am, and that's how they speak. It's just a completely different way. It's pretty much the same as please. Like I would correct my child to say, would you like some more vegetables? Yes, please, or no, thank you. 
And but there they just say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And definitely, I notice in Texas that there are a ton more manners, which sometimes is nice. Like, um, and we also have from our Texas branch, um, several of the young men are in the military, and they often a thing I notice is like when a woman walks into the room, they stand up and they don't sit down until she's sat down. And I find myself, especially with my younger sisters-in-law, um, when I've met their friends who are military guys, and I say, oh, um, are you enjoying, you know, oh, are you enjoying your time home? Oh, yes, ma'am, I am. And I'm like, okay, dude, you're making me feel a thousand years old. Could you stop <laughs> calling me ma'am? Right. But that's a thing about manners that I've noticed and... You, you kind of project, like I've said to people sometimes, like, you don't have to call me ma'am because it makes me uncomfortable. But I think I've come around to feeling that you should respect other people's manners, manner default systems, basically. Especially if it's younger kids, right? Or you should just in general, this is something that comes up a lot of times in my house. In our family, we call anyone over the age of 20 who's not a relative of ours by their last name. Right. Mrs. And Abel. it is something that people constantly correct. Like I'll have people come into my house and I'll say, oh, um, this is mom's friend, Mr. Smith. And inevitably they say, oh, it's fine if they call me Roger. And I'm like, well, actually in our house, we just prefer for the kids to call grownups by their last names because it's, I don't want to constantly be like, this is why you call Roger, this is why. But it's something that makes friends of mine really uncomfortable that totally. I make my kids call them by their last names. And so right. they're constantly like, oh, they don't have to call me Mrs. Smith. They can call me uh, Anne. And I'm like, well, yeah, we'll just go with Mrs. Smith. That's a, that's a New York City thing, definitely. The kids call parents by their, uh, their first names. Um, but then at some point it gets weird. Like it's, it almost seems fine when they're four and five and then it doesn't when they're 14. It almost seems weirder as they get older. Right. Um, but I was in this situation once I was, I, yes, I was with friends and they live in the South and, and I, they said, you know, this is, this is Mrs. Wilson, Ms. Wilson. And I said, oh, you know, they can call me Amy. And they said, and then the mom was like, how, how about Miss Amy? I'm, that's, I'm gonna... that's kind of is the middle ground, right? Yeah. But I think I haven't completely formulated my uh, theory on this, so it's possibly malleable. But I think when you go to someone else's house, you should roll with the manners that are already there. So if someone says, this is Mrs. Wilson, you should say, hi, I'm Mrs. Wilson. Like, yes. rather than getting into the thing of like, and when we're at my brother and sister-in-law's house, I try to adapt my kids to the ma'am and sir thing, although it's sometimes a little less successful with really little ones, but, um, or at least just kind of insist on like, it's yes, please, or yes, ma'am, or whatever kind of works in this house rather than like, well, my kids don't do that. That's, that's like probably, your house, yeah. your rules, your manners. That seems I like to that. me to be a good default position. What about this one? Do you, do you, um, I have no problem saying to other kids who are in my house, yes, please, like that kind of thing. Would you like more? Would you like more uh, sloppy joes? Yeah. Yes, please. I, I'll, do you I will... say that to 14 year olds? Uh, depends on yes. how well I know them. I say it to little, I have a littler one, so I definitely say it to little kids all the time. 
But I, I don't know. It would be a little weirder to say it to a 16-year-old. It would be very weird to say it to a 35-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I've definitely said it to my husband sometimes. He's 43. Uh, yes, please. But I and do I do think-, think that that's a good overall manners model that is sort of a default for people. But um, modeling the manners very simply and just even not even just like, yes, please, like uh, reminding them to do it. But um, I often say to my kids like, hey, do you want some more? Is it yes, please or no, thank you? Like just constantly kind of reminding them of that language as we go through the day. So Mayim Bialik, I hope I'm saying her name Blossom. right. Blossom. You know, yes, from Blossom and from Big Bang Theory and all that. So she has a, she's a parenting blog and she created sort of a dust up and uh, a couple years ago and she wrote an article for today. You know, she, she does everything. She's attachment parenting. She, right. she, if we zig, she zags on just about everything because she wants to. Fun. But she, she had this whole thing like, well, I would never make my children say please and thank you. I just do it. I, I model it, and then eventually they'll catch on, and then they really mean it. It isn't me making them do it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's dumb. I mean, definitely kooky, but I kind of see her overall point, but it's one of those things that I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of writing about, like, um, you know, never yell at your kids. Always speak to them in a respectful manner, and they'll learn this really heightened form of respect. And it's like, I get your overall point, but I'm going to go with the shortcut. <laughs> right. Like... I don't think you're wrong, but I think I'm going to take the shorter route there, which is say, please say, thank you. Cause kids need to learn manners. Cause that's how the world works, right? If you are, and, and you know, I want my kid someday in a college interview when they say, would you like some tea to know to say yes, please. And have that ingrained in them because it will reflect badly on them if they don't, whether or not they intend to be rude. These are just sort of rules for society that I think the sooner our kids learn the the better. And I think that you, to go back to your earlier point, that you're basically right, that what you're trying to teach them is fundamentally treat other people the way you'd like to be treated. Treat other people with kindness. And in our particular society, one of the ways that you do that is by having good manners and by being, that there's a kindness in like opening a door for someone and holding it until they walk through it. And then it gets a little muddled in terms of the thing of, um, okay, but we also want to be treated equally. Does that mean that you shouldn't hold a door for us? And there's something about um, my husband, the Southerner, always, ever since we've met, and he still does it now. We've been married 10 years. Like we went out to dinner the other night and I was walking in front of him and he made kind of a quite an effort to pass me on the stairs so that he would go down and open the car door for me. Like he's very gentlemanly in kind of very Southern old school ways, which I think is lovely. I also understand the argument of like, ah, I can open my own door. This is kind of old school. And like, I am this new fangled woman who can open my own door and you don't have to do stuff for me. But there is something in the way that he expresses that, that is, it feels to me really positive. It's lovely, right? It's like a little black There's something black very dress. lovely about it. Exactly. Never out of style. Like, I don't need to like get into the depths of like the social mores that are sometimes damaging that are underneath all of those things. And it's something that I like. I just think my kids see that him do that and they see a level of respect th- for me and a caretaking that I think is 
generally a very positive message. And that is something that we're, when we're in the South, I was with my husband's grandma and she got out of the car and there was a really like a almost cartoonishly stereotypical, like young teenage boy, like kind of sulking with like a backwards baseball cap and looking kind of grumpy and clearly waiting for his family. He didn't want to be at breakfast, the whole thing. But as my husband's grandmother walked towards the door, he like jumped up and ran over and opened the door and stood there until she walked through it. And I was like, whoa, like those manners go deep. Like they're even overtaking like sullen teen who was doing a little theater piece on I don't want to be here. And still he saw an older woman walking for a door and he opened it. Well, I think I think that that raises a sort of an interesting related point, which these in New York where kids aren't necessarily trained in the old fashioned Southern ways of ladies first, I have had to sort of tutor my boys in here's something specific to New York City elevators like you let you let the lady get off the elevator first particularly if she's my age or older this is what this is what this person will expect and so you treat this person with respect and that goes to something that is also very important to me which is that my kids treat their elders with respect and I don't mean like Duggar family I just mean don't don't be bratty to your grandparents <laughs> right All right. Well, I think that's a good place to break. We're going to take our first break and um, share this little comedy piece with you. And we'll be right back. What Fresh Hell podcast presents Courteous versus Cruddy. Courteous. Oh, to your parents. The money and time you outlay for my cultural education is appreciated beyond what you could ever comprehend. Cruddy. Piano lessons? are boring, and they suck. Courteous. Thanks for coming to visit, Great Aunt Joan. Cruddy. I don't want to look at that old lady. Her face scares me. Courteous. Mother, may I have some of that delicious smelling dinner? Cruddy. Yuck, what is that? That smells like a dead raccoon. Courteous. Thank you for the socks, Grandma. They're so useful, and I can tell they'll be cozy and warm. Cruddy. What part of NBA 2K17 was unclear? Courteous. Darling, I wonder if you might place your dirty socks in the hamper rather than on my side of the bed. Cruddy. The next time I find socks here, I will cut your feet off while you sleep. Beachbody On Demand is back as a sponsor this week. If you're like me, you discovered online fitness as a way to keep your sanity during these last couple of months. And with Beachbody On Demand, you get instant access to 1,300 different workouts you can stream anytime. I first learned about Beachbody, and you may have too, from P90X, which is an insanely effective workout, I will say, fun and highly intense. But Beachbody also has yoga, bar, dance. There's a kids and family collection to get everybody moving. It's a huge, huge range of classes. And some of the classes get you results fast. By the time it would have taken you to drive to the gym, you did the 10-minute trainer, you're done. You can use Beachbody on your computer, tablet, phone, smart TV, anywhere you are. Listeners of the What Fresh Health podcast can try Beachbody for free. You can get a special free Beachbody trial membership when you text laughing to 30 30 30. 
you will get free full access to the entire Beachbody On Demand platform. All the workouts, all the support, all the content, totally free by texting LAUGHING to 303030. Check it out. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. I am actually happy when I open my sock drawer and I see those Bombas peeking out. Amy, they spark joy. I'm glad to hear that. And you wouldn't think that socks could spark joy, but I know that you're right because I feel the same way. I mean, who would have thought it, Amy? Who would have thunk it? They're like a little bit of happiness in my morning when I have Bombas to put on because they they just get all the little details right. The cotton is snugly in a way that I can't fully express. There's no toe seam. <laughs> And there's a part across the middle that's like knit a little differently. So it sort of hugs the arch of your foot. It makes me happy. And I don't care what people say. I love Bombas. I want you to work on expressing about the toe seam, Amy. That's an assignment for (laughs) you. These socks do more than keep your feet cozy though, Amy. For every pair you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. We're talking 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of three thousand giving partners. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash laughing. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash laughing for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash laughing. Okay, we're back. It drives me nuts, whether it's at the playground or at, I, I, I don't know, like I have a kid over at my house. Many, many a time, I will tell a kid not to do something, which is maybe rude, maybe dangerous, maybe like don't jump on my couch, you know, something like that, right? And you tell the kid, hey, that you can't do that. And they stop and they look at me like, are you saying words? And then they just keep doing it anyway, <laughs> right. right? And I just am like, who, who are these kids that haven't been taught that, when a grown-up tells you to do something, I mean, if it isn't like set yourself on fire, you do it, right? I, I mean, I would have definitely listened if Mrs. Whoever told me to put that knife down or whatever. But I, I see the kids these days aren't, don't really seem to be taught that, at least in New York City. Kids these days. Kids today, what's the matter with them? <laughs> No, and I think, I mean, I think this is where, I think that the new voice that's come in kind of like in our generation is sort of like letting kids have a lot more independence, kind of respecting kids' voices and, you know, throwing away like some of the old school norms in favor of letting kids kind of express themselves in some ways that are healthy. But yeah, I'm, I'm still pretty old school about like, that doesn't mean you don't have manners. That doesn't mean you don't listen to and show respect for older people. And yeah, just behave decently, dude. Come on. Remember Goofus and Gallant from the old um, highlights magazines? I mean, I they, my, my daughter gets highlights. They're still Goofus they and still Gallant. They still have them. They're drawn differently now. It's a little set. Like they made them all current, which I didn't wish they didn't do, but... It's still like, don't be, don't be gallant. Like, gallant sucks. Don't be, who, who wants to hang around him, right? I think that's. Wait, do you mean, wait, are you saying gallant? Oh, <gasps> I'm saying it wrong. No, yeah. Goofus. I was like, wait goofus. a minute. Are you, are you starting a whole revolution against gallant? <laughs> Gallant's kind of hot and he's a rebel. <laughs> you're all, you're all, you're team gallant. Yes. No, I'm team goof. So team I'm going to gallant you- and goofus sucks, right? You don't want to be around goofus. Don't be goofus because he sucks and be, be gallant because he, he's the guy you want to sit next to on the bus because he's not going to poke you the whole way to the museum. Well, my mother-in-law has an expression that kind of boils this down, which is just like, no one likes a bratty kid. And I think that, that you do your kid a favor by making them not a brat. Like no one likes a bratty kid. And exactly. like, yes, you don't have to, there obviously it's on a continuum and like, you don't want to like knock every 
ounce of personality out of your kid and make them a little perfect automaton who's like, yes, ma'am, let me hold that door for you, please. Thank you. I always do everything correctly because that kid is like, you know, who's that kid in like literature or movies like that sort of um, like Eddie Haskell type kid, you know, like the perfect kid. Right. You don't really want that. Right. But no one likes a bratty kid. No. And so it's in their best interest to teach them to to do it and not wait until it sort of dawns in them that that they feel like doing it. I think that's sort of silly. I'll tell you one thing that gets me, and I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle of it right now. Thank you notes. <gasps> yes. I'm, I, they kill me. I'm Let's so discuss. bad at them. I, my, my five-year-old, who doesn't really write, she can write her name, had her birthday party. <laughs> it's going on three weeks ago. And I dutifully wrote down every gift, who it was from. First of all, in this day and age, I don't have anyone's address. That's problem number one. So like there's a whole area of work for me, which would be texting all of those people, getting their addresses at the same time. I think thank you notes are important, but they are the, they're, they're my bet noir. Like I cannot, I, I, I fail more than I succeed in getting thank you notes out from the birthday party. Yes, they are. They are important oh, to me and they're so important annoying. to me that, that the kid do them. And then when the kid complains, you know, I try to point out, well, and whoever went to the store, picked out a present, brought it home, totally, wrapped it, mailed right. it a you're lot totally longer right. than it's going to take you to write this note. But I did recently kind of declare bankruptcy on uh, my 12-year-old's thank you notes from his birthday in July. I just was like, okay, this isn't happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're getting <laughs> it off into, my to-do list. Yeah. We're getting into the three-week mark. And like, if I don't do them really soon, we're going to whiff on it. Is it three weeks? Is there a three-week rule? No, I just mean personally, we are now at the three-week mark since the party, and I'm just starting to think, like, if we don't get them out, I mean, am I going to send them three months later? It's, oh, thank you notes are such a good idea, but when the kids can't handle them at all themselves, I don't have the addresses. It's just like, oh, getting those thank you notes out is going to take hours of work on my part. Yeah. Yeah, hold, holding their hand while they do it and, and protest the whole time. Well, well, and just like texting all those moms and being like, okay, could you send me your address so I can send you a thank you? Oh, I should do it. I should do it. But that's like, I'm like, could we just drop the thank you note thing? But we probably can't. <laughs> we could. But, uh, I mean, it's brutal. I, yeah, we, we do it. Although uh, my sister, my sister just sort of wrote to me and was like, uh, did... Maggie get the Christmas present oh, from... Oh, it's so bad. And I was like, yes, he did. But I see, I had always sort of been like, Christmas presents are free from... I don't know why. I, I, oh, I sort of I will say that for myself, no first that Christmas deg- presents are different. I don't, I don't do first degree relatives thank you notes. But I del- I'm delighted when I get them though, right? I mean, they Yeah, but they I, I think you have to draw a line somewhere. Like you're not in the thank you note writing business as your full-time job. So aunts, uncles, we say thank you. We call them to thank them. But I... I I, I don't do first-degree relative thank you notes. Well, but I'm in a different place, right? So my kids are 9, 12, and 14. Yeah. And, and heaven knows my 14-year-old is still like, wait, where does the stamp go? Where do I write the address? I mean, like, what is mail, right? But, but uh, <sighs> again, it's you should know how to do this because he just sort of had to apply to high school in New York City, and he had to write thank you notes to the um, people who interviewed him. And it was a good experience, and I made him do it, and of course he groaned about it, but it's... If he's, when he's the 21-year-old writing the handwritten thank you note, he'll be the only one doing it. And it's going to serve him well in life to have that skill. So quit complaining and write the note. But it, but it does take quite a lot of um, nagging. 
Yeah, I have to do it. All right, I'm guilted to it. We're going to spend some I'm going to nag you until you... No, yeah, I need it. It stinks I, when you're writing you notes your thank are, you are, are the bane of my existence. All right, well, let's talk about... All right, so so thank you notes matter. matter. Handshakes with eye contact. That is my husband's... Um, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of important to me. It's really important to him. Handshakes so my kids with all eye have contact. My kids have unusually firm, like, hello, it is nice to meet you. And they shake hands and make eye contact enough that almost any adult that encounters them says, Wow, what a what a handshake you have. Wow, good job, so, husband. Yeah. So it's something that's important to him. And you know what? Again, like that'll serve you well in the world. So just do it, right? It's 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 a good it's a good skill to have. Yeah. Going back to what you said before about about how when you travel in another land, right, that you right. have to take on the customs of the so I have I have a friend who's Chilean mm-hmm. and her kids by their New York City peers, right, can hang with grown ups way better than our kids can, right? Like all of her kids always, she has four children, they they greet me, kisses on both cheeks, how are you, right? And if we have dinner with them, the kids are all expected to sit and hang out for a long time and they're not having chicken nuggets either. They're with us, we're all together, we talk as long as we're going to talk. Of course, there's no phones and, and their kids can really hang out. And my kids, I mean, I have that expectation of them too when we're with them and it's good, my kids learn something. But my friend tells me that when she goes to Chile, her her relatives and friends say like, okay, well, we did make this other thing for your kids because we know that they're picky eaters and we know they're not really going to want to sit with us. Because of course in Chile, they could sit for like five hours. So, so, right. so by New York standards, her kids are exceedingly polite and successful in an adult-centered world. But in Chile, they're, they're perceived as these, you know, American child-centered children that need special accommodations. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, definitely manners are customs. They're really about your society. And even, like, Chile to New York, Texas to New York, like, there are... And I've definitely had that experience of my children being perceived as rude, which basically, like, take out a knife and stab me. Like, that's horrendous to me like oh that my children would be perceived as rude but sometimes I really do think like my boys would not know that they would be expected to stand up when a woman enters the room that's just not a manner that we have in our house no me either and so it's lovely but it's just not our custom and so there is going to be some of that like you just have to kind of I think all the manners we're talking about are things that do help you to interact with the world in a way that is positive. Um, But there are going to be cross-cultural things that just kind of get lost in translation. There are, but there's a benefit for, for, for our kids to sort of travel in those, right, and sort of pick them up and if we've taught them to be self-aware and be citizens of the world and be good people because you're supposed to be good people, they'll, they'll pick it up. Yeah. Right. There's there's something called ecological psychology, which is where the it's where the broken windows theory comes from. That, you know, if you live in a neighborhood where there's broken windows and nobody fixes them, you get the message. Nobody cares. Right. Right. But then you go to a place like church or a, you know, a bar mitzvah in a temple that goes on forever and everybody's sitting really quietly and really reverently and they're paying attention or they're behaving like they're paying attention and that is the the um, expectation of the moment, and I think that kids, particularly older kids, should be able to do that, right, and not be just given mom's phone every time 
every time there's something that's not about them for 90 seconds. Because I think they can. I think I think kids are better at that than we give them credit for. Heaven knows, right? You and I sat through enough uh, first Friday masses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have a story about that, which is the first time my husband came to visit my family when we were dating. We were in Florida uh, on vacation, and it was Sunday, and we were going to church, and my husband came out for church in a full suit and tie and full suit. And my mother almost died of embarrassment because in Florida, we all go to church in casual clothes. I mean, nowadays, pretty much everyone goes to church in casual clothes. Right. If you're there, they're happy to have you. They don't care what you're wearing. And here's my, like, again, like nice Southern husband, like fully dressed in this suit. And my mother, who is someone who is extremely attached to manners, I mean, still travels, won't travel on an airplane in anything less than like the full Jackie Kennedy, like suit and pearls and heels. And I mean, she has those old school matters she really almost died of embarrassment as we all trotted off with my husband in his beautiful suit and all the rest of us <laughs> in like shorts and flip-flops basically um and that's just like sometimes manners collide and, and things do, are changing in that way i mean definitely in my mother when there's a movie called mona lisa smile and it's about I, th- I think it's like it's one of the seven sisters college in the 1950s and they're all in like full donna reed like crinoline dresses and white gloves going to class and that is how my mother my mother went to smith and like you were in full dress and gloves to go to class and nowadays like i mean the idea of like the college campus where everyone's in their t-shirt and jeans and like things do change and like manners do change but i think in general holding the line of i have an expectation that my children will behave in a way that is consistent with what makes other people comfortable in order to express their respect and kindness for those people is where you want to be. Right. Well, it goes back to, to, to what the, the uh, Tamar Adler said about manners. Are, there's ones that make help you be good, and there's ones that help you seem good. So right. it seems to me wearing white gloves to, to class is about seeming good, right. appearing good. And uh, I don't know, helping somebody who who is really struggling with that same material is about being good. Um, so th- that's that's really what manners are. And for it's now, I it's guess. a little harder than I thought it would be in terms of like the consistency of having to reinforce that stuff. Like I talk a lot to my kids still pretty much on a daily basis about manners, which. Like they, you have to just constantly, constantly, constantly reinforce it. Like my kids say, please and thank you. I feel like they are fairly respectful, but they, they still just sometimes act like complete animals. And I'm like, sure. guys, like, boy, and that's the public. I think there's a thing about manners that I've been trying to like land on and been sort of circling around, but there's something very public facing about manners and it's like, okay, this is how my kids present to the world. And generally like I, I, my son's bus driver, my son would get off the bus and turn around and say, thank you. And then go into the house. And at some point the bus driver stopped me and she's like, I just want to tell you that your kid is the only kid on my route who turns around and says thank you when he gets off the bus. And I was like, yes, mom, win. I'm teaching them manners. This is so great. And I do think those little things matter and they help other people have a good day. And they're just basically like, hey, this person just drove me home. I should thank them. Like that, that's a nice thing for them to do. 
But at the same time, my kids will occasionally still like slam a door in an old lady's face. And I just want to be like, <laughs> I want to just have them in t-shirts all the time. That's like, my mom is working really hard on the manners thing, but we just don't totally haven't landed it yet. <laughs> we are on this. But we're trying. We are trying. And I do appreciate and think it's fine for other people to reinforce manners with my kids. And I'll do it with other people's kids. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's ways to do it. that are polite and there's ways that aren't right. I mean, you certainly, we certainly encounter, uh, living in New York city that the cranky old lady, like one time, one time I'm getting on a bus, right? I have a backpack on and some, the person in front of me starts to step back off the bus. So I step back and you know, and I bumped the lady behind me. You bumped me with your backpack. And I said, Oh, I'm sorry. Well, what am I supposed to do? You know, and she just kind of kept right, going. And finally right. I said, I have apologized. I, you know, I didn't mean to do it. I don't know what else you want me to do. And my kids were with me. Um, so I think it's okay even for them to see people doing that, right? Sometimes right. people are just really cranky and looking for something to yell at maybe your kid about. We and that's had that not experience okay. the other day going in somewhere and there was an older man and my kids were definitely running up to the door making a lot of noise. Um, and he was like, you boys need to quiet down now. And then as we walked in, my son was kind of leaning on the banister walking up the stairs. He's eight, you know. That's not the way you walk up the stairs, young man. Oh, and I, think, I would have a little bit of a problem with that. I think he might have said four different things to my kids. And I'm like, listen, God, dude, we're all just trying to get through the day. Like, Did you say anything or did you just tell your I kids? I did. I just smiled and I just, he, he was cranky old dude. I was like, I'm, right. I'm not going to have a conversation that comes out with him being like, you know what? You're exactly right. Sometimes people do have bad days. So I just kind of gave him a smile and I was like, we're trying, you know, but everything's a balance. Right. When I've had those, when I've had those moments, I guess I do usually kind of let them pass while protecting my kid. Right. I mean, you can make eye contact with your kid and be like, it's, it's okay. And then later on say to them, maybe that person was having a bad day and, and, but, but sort of not like getting in a fight with them in the moment, then you are sort of modeling be respectful behavior, right. Even with somebody you're disagreeing with in the moment. Yeah, no, I think absolutely. And I think we've all encountered that like person who's going to yell on the street or, or correct our behavior. And it's like, no one likes that feeling of having their behavior corrected. It makes you feel terrible. But with kids, you're sort of like, all right, listen, some people are cranky, some people are difficult. But in general, we're going to try to show our respect to other people these in these ways, and those ways are important. And as we say on every single podcast about every single topic, the biggest way you do this with your kids is by modeling it to them. I mean, Blossom is right. She has a point. Like sitting there and rotely running them through a series of customs is one thing, but basically constantly modeling like, hey, we treat other people with respect because that's just the way they do it. That's just the way we do it. Is Can't argue with that. It is... It is a little bit phony. It is a little bit just this social lubricant that like we all have to just kind of believe in. But like so is money, you know? It's just all it's paper. <laughs> like at a certain point we all have to kind of buy in in order to make day to our day-to-day -day existence a little bit easier. And I think that's what we're trying to do with our kids by saying like, "Hey, this is how we convey to other people that we're trying to treat them decently." So Tamara Adler, she's saying if, if there's a difference between manners that are about seeming good and manners that are about being good, she says that the manners that matter today are the things that uh, unite us, bring us together. Those merit keeping and the things that divide us can be put away with the fancy tablecloths. 
All right. I can't really I think, think of a manner that divides us, but maybe maybe it's that uh, you always Well, the manners to... that divide us are like, I have a finger bowl and you don't know how to use it and therefore I'm better than you. Like that's a manner that divides us. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at the same time, like I, I mean, this is the thing, like there's class issues that come into like, do you know the right fork and spoon to use? Like that's manners. And those I think can be kind of divisive sometimes. Like, is this all about like, I'm better than you because I know the exact order order of how things are done. But at the same time, those, those manners are sort of part of this larger umbrella of like, are we, are we treating each other in this civil way? And so if right. people don't know your customs and know your manners, they're not being rude. And that's a divisive form of manners. So you can either invite them into your custom, teach them your custom, fine. Or you can let some of those things go. That's fine. But right. Your overall point about manners being something that unites us instead of divides us is still right on, which is please, thank you, shaking hands and making eye contact, being polite in other people's homes, eating the food that you're served versus saying that smells like vomit. Uh, those things are great things to teach your kids. There's no, no downside to those. Right. And then, the, then, then maybe the little stuff that's, that has social currency, like the bread is on this side and the drink is on this side to avoid embarrassment when they go to a dinner party when they're 25, you can make that a little bit more of a game. You can bring that up when you're in a nice restaurant. You can use that as an excuse to sort of play the role of being in a nice restaurant. And this is what we do with our napkin, which I still have to do with my older kids. They're still learning those, those rules and they're right. And that's you know, where it's like, you don't, need to know you, those don't once in a while. you don't want to, you have manners make people feel uncomfortable, but you can continue to sort of work on it and learn like other people's customs and how they operate. Another takeaway from today is other people's manners rule. So that if you go into someone's house and they use people's last names, they say sir and ma'am, they stand up when you walk into a room, it's not your job to be like, you don't have to do that for me. Like respect other people's manners. Yeah, point taken. I, I have done that in the past and I, and I won't anymore. I agree. And the other really, really annoying takeaway is that I have to help my five-year-old write thank you notes for her birthday party. Ugh. I wish we'd never and recorded my- this stupid episode. My parting thought, and I'd like to add this to Etiquipedia, is that it isn't really good manners to use your phone in a public place to watch videos without using headphones. Can we put that? Yeah, that's another. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Like, we need social lubricant. Like, do not clip your toenails on the subway, people. You could be like, oh, manners. They're all so foolish, and they're just imposed on us to keep us down. But, like, stop eating your meatball sub next to me on the airplane. Yeah. I mean, there are reasons that these manners exist. Right. Yeah. And, and there's literally a poster on the subway that, that has to explain with, you know, stick figures so that it's uh, understandable universally that you really shouldn't clip your toenails. <laughs> literally clip your toenails in the subway. There's a little stick figure doing it. And, and another yeah, that's a big like enough problem that someone has invested money in posters for the subway. There's actually to stop people a campaign to stop that particular yeah, so behavior. Please, if you're listening, tell your children that Clipping your toenails is something that only happens in the bathroom. And then For the toenails go right into the garbage can. All right. So All right, that- we solved it. We, we, have, we, have, we have only well-behaved children from now on. Yes. Angelic, when you see our children walking in the street and saying please and thank you in a low tone of voice, you will know that everything we've said is true. All right. I, we want to know what's happening with manners at your house. 
Yeah, like what matters and what doesn't. Do what you matters care and about what doesn't? Having I feel a like that's doubt? kind of the crux of it. What matters and what doesn't? What could, what should we keep and what should we throw away? So, do you agree with us about the handwritten thank you notes? Like, can, should we let that go by the wayside, or oh, should we? Please I feel like say you and yes. I are and say yes right away because otherwise I have to really do that tomorrow. <laughs> so please let us know. Please text us today if you if you think that's okay. You can join the conversation on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast. Or on Twitter at Hellfresh or on our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com, where we're going to put links to all the articles we discussed today, especially at Wikipedia, which oh, really, I know you guys really are chomping at deserves. the bit. You're not even listening anymore because you've run <laughs> away to check out It's my new know. favorite website, and I'm not kidding. And please keep reviewing the show on iTunes. It really does help us reach a bigger audience. And that's it for Matters, guys. See you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.